Trinity Church? Can you hear me? <laughs> I'm excited to be with you here this morning. That's better. And it's good to see our new partners being recognized today, isn't it? Amen. Amen. We want to thank them for committing to be a part of the work that the Lord has commissioned us to do on the front line. There is work to be done, and your willingness to become a, involved in this task of taking the ministry forward is is one that begins the momentum of igniting a flame that spreads from person to person and then to our greater community and onwards to cities and to nations. So congratulations. We're honored to have you as partners of Frontline Church. Let's just give them another round of applause. Church, today is about thankfulness. Today is about thankfulness and thanksgiving and it's important that we, we stop from time to time, we pause from time to time throughout the year to give thanks to God. You know, we are so used to just moving on in life and the pace of life just passes us by and we very rarely stop to give thanks to God for what He has done. So today we want to pause. Today we want to stop for a few moments and we want to take this time to honor God for His, His faithfulness, for His provision and for what He's doing in our church and in our lives. You know, I don't want us to be a church that only honors God once a year and when the rest of the world would recognize the time of thanksgiving. I want us to take regular pauses throughout the year to thank Him because the truth is we are nothing and we have nothing without Him. Amen? And I want to bring a, a short message to you this morning because of the, the program that we have. We, I'm just going to be probably with you for about 20 minutes. But I want to bring you a message that I'm trusting that will encourage us to be thankful in everything, in every season and every moment of our lives. Church, thank, thanksgiving is important because it causes you to look back and to rejoice in what God's done. Amen? You know, I serve in the, the function as the pastor over this flock. I'm called by God to give you the, the people the tools that they need to, to live their spiritual life and to live their life out of faith. And I'm so thankful for this opportunity. And I'm so thankful that what this body of believers do is serve and love and minister to one another. I mean, if everybody knew what was going on behind the scenes, I think everyone would be overwhelmed how this body of Christ is ministering to each other and how people are just so willing to get involved and stand in the gap when there, there is a need. You know, there are people that are volunteering to, to take care of the sick, um, those who are stepping in the gap for the destitute, volunteering to prepare meals amongst many other things, and people are being fed and looked after. And it's so amazing to see how the church comes together in a desperate time of need. Many times at the last minute, God just blesses us abundantly through the church. You know, I've seen God do some amazing things through the people here at Frontline. Not only the staff, but the body at large, seeing them come together and really just bless one another. So I really want to thank you today. I want to thank you for standing in the gap when there's a need. And I want to thank you for offering and just serving this body of Christ. And we can have a time of honoring our volunteers and those that serve in different capacities this morning. In our brief time together, church, today for this Thanksgiving service, I just want to point something out to you. When I think of the body of Christ working together, it's all of us. It's all of us, church deciding to do what God has gifted and called us to do for the betterment of the other one. Can I say that again? It's all of us deciding to do what God has gifted and called us to do for the betterment of the other one. It's the body of Christ coming together. And I want to focus this morning in, in the book of Acts, in chap num chapter number 3, and we'll go through verses 1 to 10. 
And it's a picture of the body of Christ serving and ministering together. And while you go there in your Bibles this morning, I want you to start being, thinking about being thankful to God. Because God has been good to you. God has been good to me, church. And if God is, God, even if God were to take everything I have away from me right now, He would still be good. Why? Because when you and I die, we immediately enter the presence of heaven with God. Amen? Amen? As believers, even if God didn't do one more thing for your life and my life, we get to go to heaven. And for that, we should be thankful. And if God were to withhold everything from my life and yet give me salvation, wouldn't that be enough? Acts chapter number 3 verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And I want you to try and picture yourselves as, as if you were on your way together with Peter and John, on, on your way together with them to the temple. Verse 2 says, And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. And this was a religious compassionate act by the believers from those who entered the temple, or what we would call the church. Verse 3 to 4 says, Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. And so the layman gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. I think they probably expecting to receive some money, you know, some silver and gold, or perhaps some clothing, or even some food. He was expecting something, you know, physical, in that sense. Then Peter said to him, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And you know, church, I wonder if at that moment the man thought, well, they have no silver and gold to give me. They have no possessions to give me. I'm not going to score anything from them today. You know, they're just wasting my time. You guys, just move on and let someone else bless me. But when Peter said to him, what I do have, I give you, I think his, his ears and his eyes perked up a little bit. You know, he got a little bit interested. But as Peter carried on, uh, he was probably thinking to himself, what are you telling me? What are you telling me here? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You just got to put yourself in this man's situation for a moment. You know, he's been lame his whole life. He's lying there. He's hopeless. And someone comes and tells him to rise up and get out of your stretcher. What are you talking about? Are you for real? Really? As Renata would say. <laughs> but watch what happens in verse 7 and 8. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping, leaping up, stood and walked and he entered the temple with him, walking, leaping and praising God. And that word leaping means to spring up like a deer. So he was walking, he was springing up and down like a deer and praising God. And church, what we need to realize is this man had never walked before. He was lame from his mother's womb. But Peter reaches down to him, he pulls him up, and whatever happens in his bones at that moment, what happens in his legs, is an act of God, right? God touched him. But I want you to see something this morning. Peter and John are willing. They're serving. They are volunteering their, their love to this man as far as they're aware. It's just a man that is laid at this gate daily. 
And they say to him, we do not have any silver and gold to give you. We do not have any possessions to give you. But what I do have, I give you. And church, don't you ever feel like that sometimes when you, you hear there's a need out there? Your immediate thought is, well, what can I do about it? I don't have much. There's not much I can give or, or to, to add to this situation. I just want to cast your memory back to the time when Jesus wanted to, wanted to feed the crowds and the, the multitudes in Galilee. And he asked the disciples what they had. And they said to him, well, we've got this little boy's lunch. We have a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. But what's that going to help us feed so many people? What did Jesus say to them? He said, cause them to sit down in groups and feed them. What a challenge, right? I think the disciples were probably thinking, you know, well, how can we tell them that we can feed you when we don't even have enough food to feed a couple of families? They had to feed multitudes. But Jesus, he gave thanks for the food he distributed to the disciples, and the Lord supernaturally supplied enough food for everybody. And we know the story. There was, there was enough leftovers to go around. But did you realize that Jesus first gave thanks before he distributed the food? Even Jesus was thankful in everything. And so coming back to the scripture, the man leaps, he leaps up like a deer. He stood and he walked. And this is a remarkable statement, church, really, because after leaping, he, he leaps up and then he stands. And that word stood, he means to, he literally starts to check his legs. You see, like, is this for real? They work. They actually work, you know? And initially, I think you probably thought, well, maybe this is just a freak thing. Or maybe I'm just imagining this. And when I stand up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall down straight away. But then he realizes when he stood, it was real. His, his legs were holding up, up his body weight. And he begins to walk around. And how do you think he began to walk? Do you think he walked like this? Or do you think he walked with a bit of a bounce in his step? You know, if I had a couple of red bulls in me this morning, I might be able to show you how ex excited he was, you know. He was jumping and he's leaping and he's praising God, you know. He's excited. He was thankful. He was healed. He entered the temple with him. He said, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I'm going to enter the temple with you to worship. You know, he could have gone back to someone else's house. He could have gone back to his family. He could have walked around telling people that he was healed, but he, instead he decided to go with them to worship. He was thankful. He was grateful. Well, what happened to him? Because somebody, two men in the body of Christ, decided to minister to somebody in need, and that man was touched. And church, today you're going to hear testimonies of people who've been touched by your, your commitment, by your love, and by your actions. And so it's still happening today. And it can happen with you tomorrow as you, you shine your light and your love for Jesus. So he goes into the temple, the Bible says, walking, leaping, and praising God. He's so happy and so thankful for what, what God has done for him. And you know, church, in preparation for this message, it made me think, you know, and reading this scripture specifically, how do we enter the temple every Sunday? How do we enter those doors on a Sunday morning? Do we come in and do we bring the joy levels down a bit when we come into church? Do you tell your children before you come to church, you know what, you need to get serious now. Wipe that smile off your, your face, we're going to church. Or maybe you've been brought up in a situation where they say, you know, 
We've had an awesome weekend. We've had lots of fun this weekend, but now it's time to go to church. We have to fulfill our duty and tap the joy levels down a little bit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love you, but if that's your thinking, maybe you need to stay at home before you, you can enter his courts with thanksgiving. <laughs> can I get an amen to that? <laughs> I mean, I may be challenging a bit of thinking this, this morning, church, but I believe that we should enter his courts jumping and leaping and praising him. Church, the Lord looked down on the temple that day and he loved what he saw. God didn't, he wasn't looking at the, the gold trimming of the temple and how the, beautiful the temple was put together. He wasn't looking at the, at the priest in all of his apparel. God doesn't care about the gold. Heaven looked down that day and, and saw the man that was jumping and leaping and praising God, a man that was thankful. And how did that happen? Because two brothers in Christ served somebody in need. And you know, this morning, church, you and I could either be tempted by our flesh to say, well, those were, those were apostles. Those were men that saw Jesus face to face. They were great men of God. I can't do that. Or by faith, we can say, you know what? Tomorrow, God's going to use me because I'm going to expect God to use me. And I'm going to look for opportunities. I'm going to look for moments to shine for Jesus. Church, the truth is God doesn't care about the temple. God doesn't care about the church as a structure. He cares about those who are desperate and hurting and in need of a Savior. And He cares about those who are willing to do something about it. Amen? And that uh, brings us to the place of willingness. Are we willing? And I know I'm, I'm talking to a church this morning that is willing, very willing. And it really encourages, encourages me. Let's look at what happens in verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And the people are saying, who's that? Is that the guy? Is that the crippled guy? Is that the, the lame man that has been laid at the gate so long? It can't be him, right? Is that the guy that's, that's jumping and going crazy now? What happened to him? Well, they say, let's go find out. And can you just imagine how people were talking and wondering if it was really him? It looks like the guy, but it can't be him. They saw him walking, leaping, and praising God. Then in verse 10 it says, Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And church, isn't it interesting uh, sometimes as Christians when we minister to our family members? That they say, like, who's this guy that's now jumping and leaping praise and praising God all of a sudden? Who's this guy that's now talking about Jesus and how he can save your life? It's, it's tough witnessing to, to family members, isn't it? <laughs> now, you can witness to strangers. Well, before I go there, Jesus said a prophet has honor everywhere he goes, even in his own home. You could witness to people on the street corner and they'll listen to you, but try to witness to your, your brother or your cousin or, or your father, for instance. It's a different story. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for them to hear about your new life? Answer, because they know all about your old life, right? <laughs> and they're saying, just hang on a moment, you... You want to tell me about God and how to live my life? I know what you did three weeks ago. Or I know, I know what you did with that woman three months ago. 
or what you did in that business deal five years ago, and you want to come and tell me about God? Church, all I can say is keep witnessing. Keep witnessing because their heart will turn towards you if your faith is consistent. Church, you know, I've had people that have tried to contact me on social media that knew me in my old life that, that can't believe I'm a pastor. You know, they see the title. I have someone here that's, that knew me from my old life. <laughs> He's one of our new partners. <laughs> but they see the title before the name Pastor Ryan Leclerc, and they have to find out if it's true. So, they, you know, they contact me on social media. Why did they do that? Because they knew me before. They knew me in my old life. And you know, there's been a, a change in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that the Lord has given me a second chance to fulfill my calling in my life. Amen. Amen. And, a Christ, and as a Christian, your life has been changed. You've been, been given another chance to fulfill your calling in your life. And you know what, church? We need to nurture thankful hearts as Christians. We need to really focus and nurture on being thankful to God for what He's done in our lives. You know, we need to pause for a moment and really thank Him for, for pulling us out of our lameness in our life. That we can really get to a place where we can jump and leap and praise Him. Can someone shout amen to that? What lameness has He pulled you out of? What, 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 what situation has He taken you through? What addiction has He freed you from? Or what, what chains has he, has he broken you free from? What sickness or disease has you cured you from? Can I get a witness in this place? Amen. Church, we have so much to be thankful for. And you know what I've noticed in life? If, you, if you're thankful, if you and I nurture a thankful heart, it's kind of difficult to complain about stuff, isn't it? Right? The number one thing that will quench being thankful is complaining. Did you know that complaining destroys thankfulness? A thankful heart is crushed by complaints. In the same way, complaining evaporates when thankfulness is nurtured. Does that make sense? How many of us have troubles in life? How many of us have problems? That should be all of us. We all go through problems in life, right? But let's be honest this morning. All the worrying, all the, the grumbling and grappling about these troubles, have they ever sold one thing? Have they added any value? It does nothing, right? All it does is make you sick. It makes you emotionally, mentally, and, and physically sick. But on the flip side, for all of us who have troubles, when you nurture a thankful heart, what you're doing is you're saying, you're taking everything about your life and you're putting it into the hands of God. You're saying, here, God, you take over the, the reins of my life. But when I'm complaining, I'm saying that God doesn't know what he's doing. When I'm complaining, I'm saying that God isn't in, con in control. And when I'm complaining, I'm saying that God's promises aren't true. I'm insulting Him. But when I'm thankful, when I can look back and, and rejoice in what God has done, and I can start to, to have a posture towards thanksgiving, well, then I'm heading in the right direction. Church, don't we find ourselves, all of us find ourselves sometimes complaining about things that, that we're not even aware of? You know, for instance, we'll send our, our car in for repairs. Maybe we need to get our engine fixed or, or something on the bodywork done. And it'll stay in there longer than expected. And we start to become angry and frustrated instead of just being thankful that we have a car. 
I know that it sounds kind of silly, right? But did you know that only up to approximately 17% of people on the earth own a vehicle? Did you know that? We complain about going to church every Sunday, especially when it's cold. Not you guys. <laughs> or going to a prayer, a prayer meeting uh, every now and again. But did you know that according to a study done in 2014, up to 5.3 billion people do not have freedom to express their religious beliefs? And if they do that, they get persecuted or perhaps even executed. You know, the list can go on and on. I could give you many, many examples this morning, but for the sake of time, I just want to leave you with this today. Have you ever heard of the attitude indicator? My wife's showing me time here. <laughs> Two minutes. Did you? Are oh, you? Sorry. Okay. Have you ever heard of the attitude indicator, church? So you're probably thinking it's something uh, that, a, that a, a teacher would put up on a board to measure the, the attitude of the children, right? But what it is, church, is whether you, you're flying a hang glider or a, a jet or a 747, there's something on the dash called an attitude indicator or the AR. And it lets you know no matter what happens, which way the plane is pointing, okay? If it's pointing down, it tells you your nose is pointing down. And you don't want your nose pointing down too long because otherwise, well, that means you're going to hit the ground, right? Nose up, nose to the left, nose to the right. It's the attitude of the plane. And church, ultimately, the attitude of the plane determines the altitude. If you're pointing down, you're eventually going to impact the earth, and it's not going to be pretty. Point it up, you'll fly, and you'll soar. If you're a grumpy person griping all the time, moaning and complaining about this and that, just know this, your nose is going down. And if you stay in that condition, well, I don't know how long you've been descending, but if you stay in that condition, you're going to hit the ground. You see, church, an unthankful attitude puts you in a downward trajectory. But when you focus on the goodness of God, it lifts your nose up. It lifts up your head. You start to have lift off and you start to be safe. And church, as I close this morning, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of us to experience and nurture thankfulness towards God and to change our posture towards thanksgiving. That we take regular pauses throughout our life to, to look back at what God has done and rejoice in that. That we lift our noses, we keep our heads up, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus so that we can truly soar with Him. And as I close this morning, church, I want to give you the opportunity to shout out to God what you're thankful for. One thing. It can be that God has restored your marriage, that He's, he's healed you from a, a certain sickness or a disease, that He's set you free from some form of addiction. It can be basically things like food or for family, that you have a home to stay in. And I don't want this to be an embarrassing thing, church, you know, because you know, we all adults understand that there's some children with us this morning. Maybe they can show us how to do it. But surely there's one thing that you're thankful to for God this morning that you don't have to worry about the opinions of man that we can shout to God. Can we do that? So in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I say go, we need to, lift the, we need to raise the roof of this place this morning. Can we do that? So let's express our gratitude this morning with a shout of thankfulness. And I'll give you a few moments just to do that. I want to leave you with this last scripture this morning. And I'm trusting it will encourage you. They lift up their voices. They sing for joy. 
over the majesty of the Lord, they shout from the west. Therefore in the east give glory to the Lord in the coastlands of the sea. Give glory to the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. Are you ready for this? Give the Lord a shout of praise. I'm going I'm to count to three. Yeah, you can stand. Everyone can stand. This has raised some expectation this morning, church. And I'm going to count to three. And let's just raise the roof of this place this morning. Are you ready? Do you know what it is? One, two, three, go. Amen. <laughs> well done, well done, church. Give yourselves a round of applause. And let's just give honor to the Lord for His Word this morning. Isn't His Word amazing? Isn't He amazing? Let's just give Him a great shout of praise in this place. Yay! Woo! Amen, church. I'm going to hand over to Pastor Ronaldo to appreciate the rest of the service. Thank you for listening.